Goodness gracious, man. we got so much to be thankful for, don't we? Yes, indeed. We do, we do, we do. Man, I tell you what. Cookout today, all types of good stuff. And I was working on this message, you know. And you know, God always gives you what you need when you need it. And you know, how many know that you'd rather have it a little bit early sometimes? You know, because I'm like, usually about Wednesday, I really like to know what we're going to be preaching on. That's usually a good idea for me, you know. And we got a lot of ideas, but we don't want to squelch out what God's doing. I want to hear what God has for us, for me, and for all of us, you know. Because um, we just don't want to just go and and just pick out something that uh, is in man's best idea. We want God's best. So I want to tell you, when I share these messages, I spend a lot of time, the team spends a lot of time praying because we want what God wants for each one of us. And I want to welcome our new folks here. And my cousin came all the way from Ohio. Wave, Chuck. There you go. I told him I wouldn't do that until we got to the cookout, but I couldn't tell you. You just had to love me. You're just going to have to forgive me, ain't you? Oh, my goodness. But, you know, talking about that, seeing how God sustains us, and we're going to be talking a lot about the character of God today and things. And uh, we're really going to jump in. If you got your Bibles, um, we're going to be sharing mainly out of uh, Mark. Chapter 8. And what I want to do is give you a little background on what's going on. So we're going to read a little bit there. And I really, there's some things I hope that you pick out and see how God's Word is timeless. What I mean by that is, even though many of the things that we're reading in the Bible were spoken 2,000 years ago, it's just as effective as the day it was spoken. Isn't that great? He doesn't have an expiration date on His Word. You know? But uh, that's what I love about God. It's just, you know, He's just too much God. Can that happen? I think so, because you know what? When you say, I need this, he goes, I know. And he needs that. And you say, I need a little bit more, he goes, my hands are big. As Tanya always said, God's got big hands. When we're praying, she says, you know what? Sometimes we pray too small, you know? We need to take our eyes off the problem so many times and put them on the problem solver. So with that being said, a couple of things I want us to look at is this, is that God's word is timeless, like I said. Going back to that, some notes you can write down. And there's a few other things here that when we look at, just like I said today, it says, but who do you say I am? I pray that that cultivates in your heart and it brings you to a point of decision. See, every time we do something here, I want to bring you to a point of decision where God is working in your life and God's taking that message. And you know, it might be a message um, that we're preaching right down the pipe like this message today and you might hear something just tuned to you because the Holy Spirit takes that and cultivates that to you. Or it might be somebody over here and they say, that is exactly what I need here. See, that's how I'm talking about God, that He's so good, He's so big, and He's so faithful, all right? So what we're going to do, if you got your Bibles, you can turn to uh, Mark chapter 8. If not, we just take a look here. And we're going to read along a few verses here. And we'll jump right into it. I'm going to get over here close because uh, I see better. How's that? Okay, starting in uh, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples left, left Galilee and went up to the village of Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do the people say I am? Okay, watch. We're going to come back and break this down. They said, Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say, you are, you are the one, one of the prophets. He goes on to say, I love this. Then he asked them, look how it turns. He asked them, but who do you say I am? I love Peter. Peter replied, you are the Messiah. All right. And then he goes on to check this out. He says, but Jesus warned them not to tell anybody or anyone about him. So we're going to take a couple of points out of that, right? First off, I'm going to give you a little background on what's going on in that Caesarea Philippi area. It was an area of, of city that was a lot of trade going on there. And it's really cool that the backdrop is Jesus asked this question because there's a lot of idolatry worship, a lot of things going on. And so first, just put yourself there in the story. 
He's there and he's around all these idols and people worship all types of false gods. And so he says, hey, he's asking his boys here, right? Pope translation. He's asking the guy, he said, hey, who do, <laughs> who, who do they say I am? You know? And they go, well, man, some people say um, you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. You know, some people say, uh, you know, you're a prophet. Then the rubber meets the road. Just like the question I'm going to ask you today. Who do you say I am? See, there's a difference when we give that answer. We can give the Sunday school answer. We can give the, well, I heard my mom say that one time. It must be a good answer. Or we can really give the answer from our heart. So my prayer today is when I ask you that question, when Jesus asks us, take this right into your heart. But who do you say I am? And I hope you say today that you are my Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about, all right? So that's a little bit what I wanted to get into. And I thought that's really amazing because when we go back, I'm so thankful for Peter. He said, why is that? Because, man, he, he would just be rolling and then he would blow it. I mean, he roll, I mean, look, man, I'm telling you what, when we get to this next thing, we go like two verses. And it's, it's, it's just not good again, you know? So let's take a look at this. Why, and one other thing I want to hit, I'm sorry, I'm getting to hit on myself. Why do you think, he says, but don't tell nobody? You know, if I'm there, I'm sitting there thinking, I thought that's why you came. You know what I mean? We're going to tell everybody. But what we're going to find out is they needed a little bit more time to digest who Jesus was. They needed a little bit more training, right? So let's take a look at what we got next, right? So what he was really, I love this, this uh, visual that Miss Tanya came up. He was drawing a line in the sand and said, so who do you say I am? That's what it's all about today. Who do you say he is? Let's take a look at this. Now, you know I said I love some Peter, right? So he's ready to go. The life of Peter. Let's take a little snapshot of here. I'm going to read a few more verses, right? Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must, must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with the disciples, Peter took him aside and began to, to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples then to reprimand Peter. Get away from me, Satan. A lot of times you hear it in the King James, get behind me, Satan, right? And you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Now, let's, let's, before we just jump on the, the Peter bashing bandwagon, let's just talk about a couple things. He loved the Lord. This was his teacher. This is, this is a guy that he's walking with. He loves him and he's seeing. And prior to this now, if you go back a couple chapters and look at that, just seen him feed the 5,000, feed the 4,000, heal a man that couldn't see, you know. And now, this is, the, this is the defining point. Things start changing in the ministry because Jesus said, look, I'm, I'm going to lay this out here and tell you exactly what's going on, right? And so Peter, he gets it first, right? What was it, verse 29 that we have? Like, I thought I counted like two verses. You're, you're, you're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the one God sent to save us. Ding, 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 ding. You got it, Bob. All right. He's right there. And then he goes, walks over and he goes, Jesus, look, this whole dying thing, we're not signing up for this. You know? I mean, well, come on now. Let's just settle down. I mean, you're healing people and everything. They ain't got to do it that way. How many know sometimes when we're looking at things from our perspective and what we want, it doesn't necessarily shake out like that or the time that we want it to. So, <clears throat> some good stuff there. So anyway, as we look at the things here, we continue to look at Peter's life and we say, man, what's going on with this? How in the world is Peter on Mark? Now he's off the Mark. But what does he do? He turns around and we know the, the life of Peter. What happens? God restores him. 
It's not with Jesus. It's not your three strikes you're out. Aren't you glad? I mean, you know, it's not like that. So many times in relationships, you'll see that, right? Well, man, you know, you, you said this and you did this, and then you're out. And step on them away. But God's not like that. See, I always thought that God was trying to, you know, just wait on the sidelines for me to mess up and then turn around and jump in and go, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. But what I found out is it wasn't a stop sign when I got saved. It was a yield sign. You know, I didn't have to stop all these things. I wanted to yield my heart to Christ because he was doing such a work in my life. And he's still doing a work in my life. What I say, Tim? Every week, I'm preaching to me first. You know what? Y'all will hear that in your sleep. And the reason I say that is, is because I go through the same things you guys do. It's, it's, it's no different. All of us are in this thing together. You know? All of us are in this thing together. But God's given me the privilege to preach that word, and I'm going to do my very best because I'm not going to rely on me. I'm going to rely on God. Amen? Because I want you to get the best, and the best that you can get is what God's got for you. So we're going to keep on moving on here. There's a couple more points I wanted to talk about here. You turn around, and he talks to Jesus. And he says, no, we don't want to be it. That's just, how many know that's not a good plan, right? You know, how many of you go to your boss and go, no, we shouldn't really do it that way? Don't raise your hands. I know you do. Some of us say, you know, I think we ought to get back down, get behind me. You know what I mean? But you know what? Sometimes we, we see things different, right? And a lot of times, most of the time, we see things through our own eyes. I want you to look at this. I talked about Peter being restored. You know, throughout, throughout the Bible, Peter blows it. But man, later on, on the, on the day of Pentecost, God uses him in a mighty way. See, when I start reading through the Bible, I'll go, man, I can't measure up to that. I can't measure up to that. can't measure up to that. And God's saying, you don't have to. I already did. And I can't measure up to that. And God's saying, you don't have to. I already did. And then I run across the life of Peter. I go, man, he blew it. He's a loud mouth. He's talked out of turn. I'm in. I'm your man. You know, I can do that. You know, you know, you're going to cover, cover me with the blood and, 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 and just, you know, purge me when I blow it. But that doesn't mean we don't take it seriously. It means we walk in the understanding that we have today. But we never get satisfied. We ask God to fill us, and I ask Him to continue. Man, make me thirsty for your word. Make me thirsty for the truth. Because you know what? On your own, we don't normally wake up, oh, I think I'm going to do this today. But you know what? You pray that prayer. You ask God to say, Lord, draw me close. That's like your kids say. Will you hold me? I don't care what I'm doing if my kids say that. Times get a little hard to hold. 20 years old, but I still hold you, babe. Where's he at? Who knows? There he is. I didn't know where he was. I didn't, well, I didn't see Alexa on his arm, so I didn't know I couldn't find my son. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about on the, on the tape. Come who? His sweetheart went back to school, so we've just been praying for them. <laughs> well, let me jump back in the store here. So what we find out is this, guys. And I say this often because it's so true, and I want you to take, this is the takeaway right here for this point. I want you to realize that God's grace is bigger than your mistakes. That's a good word. If you don't get anything else today, take that home with you. God's grace is bigger than your mistake. See, religion will tell you you just don't measure up. And man, you know what? You don't, you don't have the right clothes on and everything else. I love it. My cousin came and he goes, uh, you got church, right? I go, yeah. He goes, man, I, I need to change these pants because these are the only ones I got that are clean. I said, you got some jeans, don't you? He goes, yeah. I said, you want to wear your shorts? He goes, uh, to church? I said, yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? It's about a heart condition. And that's why I purposely usually preach in, in jeans. Because when I see people, they say, well, I don't have anything to wear. Guess what we do? <laughs> Not a problem. You know what? What size? Somebody in the congregation got a pair of drawers that fit you. And they'll share. You know what I'm saying? So don't be giving me that because we'll love you right where you are. 
So we'll work with that. But I want you to remember this. God's grace is bigger than your mistakes. And what, how, how does Peter come back? He repents and turns back to God. And God is always willing to restore. How many know he's in a restoring business? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get y'all in on this. All right. Keeping this going. Everybody doing good so far, right? Mr. Robert ain't turned the grill on, so everybody's good. Just say, hang in. Take a look at this. Now, I want to tell you, my partner did a good job on them slides, didn't she? I'll tell you why. That's good. Human perspective. Now, what did we just say? He said, Peter, Jesus was telling Peter, you're missing this whole thing. You're looking at it through, through human eyes. What happens when we do this? When we see things from a human perspective, we see things too small. We really do. Because we start looking at things and going, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to pay my rent. There's no way I'm going to get all the stuff right when I go to college. There's no way I'm going to, you know what I mean? And we start building that, man. Remember last week we were talking about those bricks? And God didn't go anywhere, but we're building these, these bricks with, with bitterness and bondage. And I'm not going to re-preach that, but I'm going to tell you next thing you know, we go, man, I, where's God? Well, he didn't leave. You just took all this hate, discontent, and all this stuff, and you got it up to here, man. So what we want to do is take the Word of God and just crash that down, man, so that relationship is wide open for the blessings of God. I want to see things through the lens of Jesus. If you want to see things through the lens of Jesus, guess what you need to do? You need to filter of God's Word. Amen? That's it. That's when you take that Word of God, He starts renewing our minds, starts showing us, this is the path I have for you. This is the way I want you to see things. And guess what? How many knows you don't usually get it the first time you read it? I'm telling you. There's, there's some folks that have been here Christians for a long time. And then God will show them something else and they go, Woo! I love calling my mother-in-law. Because, man, I know we talk about God all the time. And, and anything else she'll cook, too, sometimes. I'll hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. You going to fix anything tonight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just talking about this. We're going to be preaching on this. You're going to do them meatballs? So I've got to put it in. You know, that banana pudding is good. Praise the Lord. You know? So, I mean, I'm working it the whole time. But she's so great. She said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. i got to go to the store. But you know what? If we want to see things from God's perspective, we need to see it through the lens of His Word. Amen? Good deal. What happens so many times with human perspective, perspective is that we got the wrong focus. Just like I was saying, man. We start looking at the cans instead of the cans. We do all the time. We start saying, man, you can look at somebody. I'll tell you what. First thing, I just thought about that. Uh, me and my, my cousin were talking about Mustangs. We like Mustangs. Talking to Miles about Mustangs. <laughs> now, you'll get a few people that go, oh, that's not... And then you'll get a few people that look at your car. You go, How many know you get something new? I say this often. And they, go, and they will find the one ding on the car. They will find the one speck of rust on all the paint. Or is that just people I work with? That's a good place to say amen right there. All right? Because half of y'all work with me. So, <laughs> I never get that. Get your kid. No. But you know, but sometimes we get the wrong focus. And the next thing you know, they're looking at that. And then guess what? You come alongside and you're looking at it. And you think you got a great deal, and you go, you know, you're right. You know, you're right. You're looking at that. And, and the whole big deal is this. You know, and then you go, Oh, that's nothing at all. See, a lot of times we just need to take the washing of the water of the word and find it ain't nothing at all. When we put it in line of what God has done. Amen. Good stuff. So wrong focus will get you the wrong answer, won't it? Good deal. I like this. This is just what I'm saying here. Build a little momentum. We have more faith in the problem than we have in the problem solver, Christ the King. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I know God can, but will He? If it's His will, we'll read the Word and see what His will is. He didn't leave nobody hanging. You know what I mean? I'm just breaking it down in everyday terms. You know? And you know, Jesus, man, I, Jesus, I got a need. He goes, yeah, well, I'll 
Check on me Thursday. You never read that. He stopped. And what does it say? Often, often, often. And he had great compassion. See, when you see somebody's life transformed and you see somebody that's a believer, they don't have to have the bumper stickers. They don't have to have all the stuff all over them. He goes, excuse me, I'm going to church today. I just want to let you know. Oh, are you going to church today? You know, to get the tie on and go, well, excuse me, I need, you know, big cross on here and everything else, you know. I'm glad you took that tie off too, child. <laughs> I was like, don't wear the tie. No, I'm just teasing. But, you know, a lot of times, so, so we start looking at, at the, the molehill and it starts gets to the mountain. That's a good little rap thing, ain't it? You didn't know your dad could do that, did you? <laughs> yes. So what I want to say on this right here, guys, focus with the lens of the Lord through the Word and remember who Jesus is. Remember what He's done. And we're going to roll into that real, real sweet. We let our spiritual senses dull. How do we do that? Listen to me on this, guys. We blow it, right? Then we don't want to go to church. And then, we don't want to answer the phone when somebody calls from church. Or one of you Christian bros or something just say, hey man, what's going on? You know? I would say, I'm not here to beat you up, I just love on you. You know? But that's what happens sometimes. It's because what happens is the enemy wants to take you out of the limelight where God's feeding you. And when you're getting some, some loving from your, your church family and encouraging you in times that are tough. And let me tell you, it's great to have that family in place when times are tough, Right? Right? And you've been feeding on the Word. So when they speak the Word of God, it ignites something in your spirit. You go, that's right. That's right. No weapon form against me is going to prosper. You're right. Thanks for telling me. Man, you know what? Man, by, by His stripes we are healed. All these things are coming back because your friends are speaking life into the situation. But you know, sometimes we can get around friends or so-called friends and they speak death into you. Now, yeah. Well, I know it must be terrible. I know this is going, I'm going, I didn't feel that bad before you got here. You know, I want you to raise me up, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, boy, they're going to lay off 37 people. What number are you? 38? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? I will tell you this. I talked to the lady down at Walmart, and I think I got an in for you. And you're going, what? What's going on, man? They've just put doom and gloom all over you. Yeah? So check this out. Don't let our spiritual senses become dull. How do you do that? How do, how do you keep them in tune? You get into a place that you're preaching the Word of God. You spend some daily time with God. You read the Word of God. You pray over your family. You pray over your workplace. You spend time with folks. Because what I always say, another way to spell love is T-I-M-E. It takes time, right? So invest in the things of the kingdom. And guess what? They will grow out of your heart. Amen? Good deal. Remember a minute ago we talked about, hey, so many times we get the wrong focus and the focus gets on the problem instead of problem solver. I want to share a little story with you. I was like, oh boy, I'm looking good now. Got y'all, and y'all got to stay because you're going to eat. So I got you right now where I want you. Right? <laughs> Everybody go, amen. Amen, yeah. We forget the testimony of things Christ has done. Now, I was thinking about this when I was putting this together. <laughs> Whatever the need is, man, God has, God has got it. You know what I mean? And I, I tell you, everybody's been through different things. And, and you know, everybody's going through things now. I've got a lot of, lot of stuff going on at my house. But you know what? I'm going to keep trucking because guess what? That's the way it is, really. It, it is. These things happen, man. But you know what? We can go through this with the voice strength and with the family of love and we'll come out victorious one way or the other, man. But if we turn around and let them senses dull, man, the devil will have a heyday with you. So let's get back to the testimony. I was thinking about things that God has done for us and stuff. Man, I tell you what. Has anybody ever 
come up short in the bank account. I mean, I don't know about y'all, just a whole lot less money, a uh, month, and you know, more month than money. I mean, I don't even know if Aunt Andrew remembers this. This has been years ago when y'all used to live over on Piney, no, the one that flooded. That's the one. And man, and this is no reflection of my beautiful bride, but she was hailing on the checkbook at the time, and I couldn't do nothing with her. And I looked at her and I go, they say we got more money than we got. And it's usually the other way around. I was like, I ain't spending that because I know that's not right, right? So we get on hands to look at it. She said, I think that's money in there. I said, I don't know if that money's in there, but I could sure use that money that's in there. You know? And we start looking and looking. I was like, Lord, I don't got my money in there because I'm going to spend it. Because I need that money. I'm going to spend it in the name of Jesus. So what I did so nothing would mess up, right? I took it and put it in another account. Moved it to another account. That way if something was messed up and I had to pay it back, I just give it back. But I was on the countdown, baby. I moved, it's like $2,500, man. That's a lot of money at my house, okay? I moved that over there, and I said, man, that's what it's been on. What do you think, baby? It's been about three days. I don't know. I don't know. I said, ain't nobody come knocking on the door. Seven days, I'm like, give me the checkbook. I'm writing that sucker, right? And so what we did, you know what? We start finding out. Mr. Wonderful, when he was tending the uh, checkbook, he forgot to put, like, several add-ins. Oopsie. You know, <laughs> oopsie, I guess it's better than forgetting to take that out, right? <laughs> you know, that's what I was trying to say. I'm sorry, baby, I should have put that in there, but I, you know, but you usually do it. So I start playing the blame game. But I was so happy that it was really our money. I said, yeah, it was me. It was me. God, I might do it again. You know, <laughs> man, Lord, can you help me mess up about five grand this year? <laughs> but you know what? God already knew. And this was at a time, man, that we, we could really use this, you know? And so that was really wonderful. And another time, and I'm not just going to talk about money, there was just sticks in my mind last night. We were doing something, and I was like, man, I sure would like to be able to do that. Out of the blue, man, the Spirit said, why don't you check that old Bible you ain't opened in a while? Because I don't know about y'all, i got several different Bibles. Because it's kind of like the target. I tell my wife I need one in every room so I can play it. She ain't bought on that, but I do got a couple. But the Bible, so sometimes I had one on the back of the bed or one over here and this and this. And, and the Lord's book, I said, why don't you look in that Bible back in the, in the closet? I say, that old Bible. Man, I went back in there, pulled out a crisp $100 bill. I was like, I was, man, I'm telling you what, I was going around, everybody's going, come on down, Dad. I was like, man, and it wasn't the money. Don't, I, I appreciate the money, Lord, I did. You know what it was? That I heard the voice of the Lord. Now, you know what? Some people say, well, gosh, I wish it was a thousand. Wrong perspective. Did I appreciate it? Absolutely, right? And I tell you what, I tell you what money can't buy is when you hear the word of the Lord in your heart and you go, that's worth it all. So I went through all those things there to tell you that those were things I needed and God knew that. Even in my mistakes and things like that, God provided in that, right? So just to show you, it's just not me. I'm going to tell you something else. A couple things. Last couple years, we've been going to the Indian Reservation. A lot of you guys know that to see the Navajo people. And I was praying about it two years ago before we go. And man, I was writing stuff down in the journal and stuff. And man, I was just, man, Lord, I don't know what this is going to look like and stuff. And I start drawing these little pictures and stuff, you know. And I'm just spending time with God. And uh, uh, it, it was kind of funny because I was supposed to preach, right? We're going to do the music and I'm supposed to preach. So we get all on the teams and everything. And I was like, yeah. So when I preach, and they go, oh, you ain't preaching. I said, well, okay. Ooh, I got it. I was like, ooh, okay. No problem. But my partner said, you going to preach? I said, that ain't what they said. I don't care what they said. Miss <laughs> Tyler said, that's all right. 
said, all right. So we go. And it's this man, it makes you about cry because it's humbling how God works us out. Be sure you bring a message. That's okay. Day two. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Here, person, I'm thinking, okay, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. She said, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Miss Todd, you're going to get you now. I'm walking, and we take this long walk. I go, yeah. You know, we're thinking, that, and we really like you to speak tonight. I'm thinking, oh, really? I could have said, well, you know, I'm pretty busy. I didn't have to. <laughs> I said, she heard him right. She heard him right. She heard him right, right? Because I love the, the, the privilege of sharing the Word of God. Because I want to see people's lives transformed. Not about me talking, whatever. Hey, somebody else preach. I'm going to go, woo, woo, tell them the Word, right? So I'm thinking, I wish I had to put that message a little bit better than Miss Tanya told me. Because I was like, ain't going to do it. I was in doubt. She was in faith, right? So what do we do? We go walking. I said, how do you tell somebody about sin when they don't know what sin is? They don't know what sin is sometimes. They don't know uh, carrying on and things that are going on on the reservation. They just, oh, I thought that's what it was. Oh. Now we got a major gap here. Follow me on this. We went to this little place that got all them trinkets and stuff. She goes, that's kind of like that picture you drew you showed me. Why don't you use that? And what it was, they understood the gaps in the mountains, right? They, somebody lives here, somebody lives here, and now things would get washed out, and they couldn't get over to there. So what we did was, we took that picture, right, and we drew it the best we could, and we put it on a, on a big sheet, and what we were able to do is to show them from this mountain to this mountain, there's a gap. Guess what? From your life to God's life, there's a gap. It's called sin. And we were able to show them that the cross filled the gap, and many people gave their life to the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But you know what? Was, was it because I was in faith and everything? No. But you know what? God had put people alongside of me and say, hold fast. Stick to it. God speaks to His people. God is not, oh, He will preach. No, God speaks to His people. That's what I want you to hear today, okay? So I'm going to keep moving here. Got a few things to cover. But I want you to know God is good. All right? We're going to start making this thing personal now. You all right, Maggie Boo? You all right? It's so good to have you. But who do you say I am? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you guys? When I say, when, when Jesus, put yourself in the story, insert yourself in the story. And it, it, Jesus said, who do you say I am? Wow. Man. Who do you say Jesus is? When you realize your need for salvation, is it you're my Savior? You're my Lord? I pray that that's the prayer today. That that is the realization in your life today. That when we look at that and we come to that point, and we look at God's Word, and God's Word says, who do you say I am? I pray that that's your answer, because you know why? This is the first step in a relationship, receiving Jesus and His forgiveness. See, if we don't have that piece of the puzzle, we're not stepping into it. That's just, and I want to tell you, as me and my mother-in-law say so many times, that's just, that's just getting in, because God has got so much more for you, all right? But this is, this is how He works it out. This is just the beginning of the blessing, all right? So I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to ask you this a couple of different ways, because you know why? I want to make sure every angle's covered, right? Who do you say that He is? Who do you say that He is? Is He your Lord and Savior? Take a look at this. If there's a need in your life, there's a provision in Christ. Man, I wish the Lord would give me uh, these things before 1 o'clock in the morning, but that's good anyway. I was writing some stuff down. I go, man, that's cool. If there's a need in your life, there is a provision in Christ. What do you mean? If you need healing, guess what? He's got it. If you need to find a $100 bill in your Bible, 
If that's his thing, he, he might work it out. Okay? But I want to tell you, whatever it is, he is a provider. All right? Throughout Scripture, God reveals himself to us through his names. I'm going to look at some of these names here. Look at this. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. Look at that. Provider, banner, healer, the Lord our peace. That's what I'm talking about right here. Get that girl some water there, baby. You're all right. I told you he's your healer. <laughs> I know what you mean. That's a terrible thing right there. I feel like that. But you know what? Lord, the Lord our peace. The Lord our peace. I love that. The Lord most high. The Lord everlasting God. The God who is sufficient for the needs of his people. You see that right there? The, the God who is sufficient for the needs of his people. How many know that if God is your source, he'll be your resource? We say that a lot, right? Now, I'm going to get into some more of the handout. I'm just giving you a few things. And when we put the handout together, you say, man, there must have been a typo because I kept saying on this thing, I said, who is Jesus? Who, who do you say Jesus is when? When things are tough. When you're, when you're at the doctor, when you get the bad report. Who do you say he is and whatever it is? When your kids are rebelling. When it's time to go away to school. When it's time to, to make that rent payment. Who do you say Jesus is when? And you fill that in. And is it, is it when our back is against the wall or whatever is going on? God is a provider. Amen? I'll jump through here. The I am's of God. Just love this. I'm going to read these to you guys here. Because this is to encourage the believer, right? This is who he is, all right? He says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means I'm the beginning and the end, right? He's got the full thing covered. He's covering you, right? I am for you. I'm he that comforts you. I'm the good shepherd. Do you ever know something about a shepherd? If you had a hired hand and the wolves come out, guess what? <coughs> you don't have some sheep meat. That's what's going to happen. But if he's a good shepherd, he ain't letting nobody in. He's going to stick to the stuff. He's going to protect. He's going to guide. He's going to stick with you, right? What do he say? I'm for you. I'm the light of the world. You know, there's a lot of darkness out there in that world, isn't it? But you know what? Jesus, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. You know, a lot of times we feel like, man, I'm just, I just, I'm not filling up on what I need to fill up on. Fill up on the Word of God. Amen? The Lord that heals. I'm the Lord, your God. I'm the resurrection and life. Every time you see Jesus, you see life. You know? Boom. It started out the first day. Oh my goodness, we're defeated. Wrong. Second day, oh, we're defeated. Wrong. Third day, He is risen. You know what? Because sometimes the timing isn't exactly what we want. But God had already said, this is the way it's going to go down. You know, I hear that all the time. You know, my dad always says, it's written down, son. It's written down. I said, all right. I'm the son of God. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am your exceeding great reward. How many know that God is your reward? He gives us that reward to be called His child, to be called one of His, to be an heir to the throne, right? That's good news, man. That's good news. But guess what? There is a piece of the puzzle. Who is He to you? Because if He's not Lord and Savior, that doesn't apply to you. That doesn't change who He is. But you're not in the right relationship because your sin separates you, right? Y'all with me? All right. That's one right on time. I'm your salvation. That means I got you. I mean that I pulled you from the miry muck and I said you are mine. Man, bought and paid for. But you know what? We got to receive that. I could have a check for you and if you don't cash it, does you no good. Today, I hope you cash in 
on what God has done for you and me. Amen? He is your shield. Let me tell you, when things are going on, we need a shield, don't we? When the world's firing up, boy, they got you right here. Boom, 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 boom. Man, the arrow's coming and everything else. I want you to turn to Ephesians 6 if you ever need a little bit of backup power right there. He talks about having the full armor of God. He supplies all our needs, man. He supplies all our needs. And I am with you always. So I want you to remember that. No matter, this is what God's been showing me the last few weeks. No matter what, I'm not leaving. Woo! That's powerful stuff. Because you know what? Sometimes you feel alone in the crowd. But God says, hey, I'm with you. Isn't that something? Hey, I'm right here. That's good stuff. Well, I want to talk about these few things, and we're going to wrap it up, guys. Everybody doing good so far? You got your sheets? And I'm hoping as, you, as I'm talking and things, and the Lord is bringing things to your heart. Who is Jesus to you when things are tough? Who is Jesus to you when you get the bad report? Who is Jesus to you when I'm doing this, when this is going on in my life? I don't care what it is. He can be what you need. He's just that good and loves you that much, right? Well, check this out. We've got miracles. We've got grace, forgiveness, and love. I want y'all to understand this. I think we all do, but sometimes we just need to hear it. Sometimes I just need to say it. We have a, a privilege of being in Christ. It's a privilege. We didn't earn it. You know? We didn't buy it. It wasn't because we had a nice hairdo. I guess y'all figured that out with me, right? Yeah? It's because He said, I loved you first. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow, that's good stuff. So it's a great privilege, right? Guess what? With a great privilege comes great responsibility. Ooh, got quiet there. That's great responsibility. You know why? We have to share the gift. You say, well, you have to? I think we have to because I think it costs too much to leave it on the shelf. I think that's why we're still here. Because he says, you know what? I'm going to use you as my instrument. I'm going to use you as my tool to come in and share the greatest news, the gospel message. I mean, you know that angels are not allowed to proclaim the gospel? But we do. Take somebody from Buckrow, man. Maybe even Bukosin. I know he will. Amen? Right here, God is raising up folks to make a difference, to impact people's life at home, at work, in the community, and around the world if we'll be obedient to the privilege that we have in Christ and we step up to the responsibility in Christ and share the gift, all right? So as Miss Tanya comes, I want you guys to ponder this question today. This is Remember I said, my prayer is that all this takes momentum to bring you to a point of decision. What do I say all the time? If you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Are you sure? 100%. You say, well, I'm a pretty nice guy. Pretty nice guy. It's not about that. It's about what he did. So guys, I'm going to tell you what, as we're looking at this, I just want us to, to know that he is more than enough. Who do you say I am? I want you to insert yourself in the story today. Because that story is his story for you. Right? It's a love story. Me and my cousin was talking last night. We went all through the Bible and we talked about all this stuff. And he said, you know what? He said, it really comes back to this. We could have went to bed a whole lot earlier, didn't we? You know? And we talked about all the things that he said. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I said, yeah, that's true. So today I want to tell you that God loves you so much that he paid the price for you. I want you to understand that no matter what you've done, he says, you know what? What I poured out, what I paid in full, has been covered for you and you and you 
just like I said, a check doesn't do you any good unless you cash it. What I tell you is just great information, but it doesn't bring the life until you receive it by faith. Does that make sense? Until we reach out and grab it by faith. And how do we do that? He says, look, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart of God, raise him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a good word, right? But you know, well, a lot of people won't take that step. So as Miss Tanya's playing a little bit today, I want to ask you to close your eyes and I want this to be your day today. You know, whether you're going off to work, you're going off to, to school, whatever the deal is, don't put this decision off. Today's your day. You're not here because, um, you know, it's just happened to be today. I go, no, you're here because God made a divine appointment for you today to hear this message in a time such as this. And Lord, I'm praying right now you make this message so much more for than I could. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? Right here, right now. You say, He's my Lord and Savior. If you've never made that decision or respond to what He's done, today's your day, and this is how you do it. Right where you're at. If this is your prayer, I want you to look at me. Nobody else is looking around. If this is your prayer, and you say, Buddy, I need, I need to do that today. Because you know what? I've heard about it. I've, I've talked about it. But I've never made him mine. I just want you to look up here so I can pray for you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Because you know what? This is the deal. I want you in your heart, even where you're at, you can say these words. And God knows your heart. Dear Lord, forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I come to you just the way I am. Lord, forgive me. Save me. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God and raised from the dead. And Lord, you took my sin and you make me new today, Lord. I call you Lord. I call you Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, as we're still praying and our eyes are, are closed and heads are bowed, if that's you today and that was your prayer, I want you to just look right here at me because I want to, to continue to pray with you and pray for you. Not going to go where you're at. Not going to get you to join anything. I just want you to know it's something freeing about when you say, that was me today, buddy. You know what? Because God said you're mine. I want you to know that you're sealed with His Spirit. You didn't earn it. You didn't You didn't uh, do anything other than today because you cashed in on the faith of what God has done for you. And that's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. And I tell you, you know, as we get ready to fellowship a little bit and we just wrap this up, I want to say, man, praise God for the work He's doing Praise God for, for the awesome opportunity and, and, and the privilege that we get as His children to serve and pass on the good news. So I'm going to tell you what, if that's your, your prayer today, and there were several looking and talking and, and, and announcing that, don't leave here today. Just get up and just say, hey, buddy, you know, I prayed that prayer with you today. What's next? I want to show you what's next. You know what's next? Is that you grow in who God is, right? take you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. And he's patient. He's a gentleman. And he's the one that gave it all. So Father, I thank you for the ones who are here today, Lord, and I just pray that you take this message. I say this all the time. This is my prayer from my heart. That you make this so much more than I could ever do. Lord, that you transform lives, that you save souls, just like I see today. Lord, that folks are, are, are calling on that name right where they're at. And today is their day. Today, they can say, I know I know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I leave this place because you said if I call on your name and I put my faith in you, Jesus, you will save me. And that is the truth. 
So, Father, I thank you for the work you're doing. I ask you to go uh, today and just be with us as we have a time of fellowship. For those who couldn't make it, Lord, I ask you to just put people in their path today that they can just rejoice. Remember when we talked about the testimony? Share your testimony. Today's a testimony. Man, I went to that little church today and I heard the word of God today. And I chose life. I called on the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you're doing.